Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Was there anybody that's healed and forgiven and thankful for Jesus in this place? Come on, give them the loudest salvation of worship that you've given them all week long. Come on, we got five more seconds. The loudest praise. There you go. I think he's worthy of the king. He's the king that's worthy of that praise, right? I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to jump right in to the word of God today. So while you're still standing, just in honor of God's word, we're going to read God's word together. It's going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 4 through 10. I'm going to read that. We did a study this last year, uh, not this year, but last summer on the book of 1 Peter. And as I was just beginning to just think about what does God want to share with us, this Vision Sunday, tap your neighbor, say you better open your eyes. Come on, somebody, right? Open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes. I like that. I like that. Well, today is that Vision Sunday. And what I, I just feel like just this, this moment as a church, like let me just share with you, like we don't have another building project. We don't have anything like right on the horizon unless the Lord just wants to just go for it. I'm good with it, right? Uh, but I, I think what Vision Sunday really would look like and feel like for us is just making sure that we're all tracking the same direction. And we got good vision out in front of us. Hey, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. So that's what we're going to look at today. It's in 1 Peter chapter 2. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. That's what it says right here. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4. It says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones. Tap your neighbor. Say, look alive. Look alive. Look alive. Watch what he says. You're living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What more? You are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. you got to understand why we gather, why we sing, why we worship. is so that we can do that right there. We can offer spiritual sacrifices to God, that we can honor him, that we can do that with our lives, our words, our song, everything, right? As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust in him recognize the honor that God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes people fall. They stumble because they do not obey his word. And so they meet the faith that was planned for them. Watch what he says about you and I who know Jesus. If you know Jesus, this is Peter speaking to you and I really quick. But you are not like that. Tap your neighbor say, that ain't you. That ain't you. Right? Listen, watch what he says about you and I. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Like you've been bought with a price, and his name and blood was Jesus. 
Right? And so as a result, I love that, right? It's not just to be a holy nation just so we can just tout ourselves around, look at us, look at what we're doing. Watch what it says. Because you're a holy nation, because you are changed, because you are different, watch what he says. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into wonderful light. Is there anybody in here that's been called out of darkness? Is there anybody in here that says, you know what? Thanks be to Jesus that he saved me, that he set me free. And this is what I love right here. I'm going to end in verse 10. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you've received God's mercy. And is there anybody, one more time, that's thankful that we were lost, but now we're found? We, were, we needed mercy, yet God showed us mercy. Come on, can we thank him for five more seconds saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Come on, let's be loud about that name. That's what we're going to talk about today about this name of Jesus. And I think about a lot of times in, in culture right now, this word is thrown around called deconstruction. I don't know if you've heard much about it or anything. And obviously trying to maybe deconstruct just like different organizations and even deconstructing the church. But what I'm reading when I read that right there in 1 Peter chapter 2 is that there may be some stuff that happens, but you and I are constantly and should be under construction if we're a part of God's church. Now think about that. And I just want to title today's message. You can write it down. In the seat pocket behind you, there's a note taker sheet. Or in front of you, there's a note taker sheet. All you got to do is grab that when you sit down just a second. And you can title today's message that we got to have some assembly required. Some assembly required. All right? How many, how many of y'all know the Lord's still working on me, right? I remember as a kid, we sang that song, He's still working on me. That's not to the tune of what we're playing in the back. That's good. To make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. Anybody in the room? Just me. Okay, about six of us. All right, good. So, so like, I just want us to understand that we are constantly under construction. That we should be a church. That we should be a people that says, you know what? You can build us into whatever you want us to do, God. And that's what we're going to look at today. So we're going to pray. Just ask the Holy Spirit to just be in this place. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so excited for today. So let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Man, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for what you've done. Yes, God, you're still working on us. But we are, are like clay in the potter's hands. That you can do whatever you want with us. You can, you, can, you can build through us on top of the cornerstone that is Jesus. And so today we want to lift up that name. It's that name of Jesus that's better. That's better than any other name, any other uh, thing that we've ever tried chasing or going after. That name, Jesus, is the best thing that we could do and be about and build our lives on. And so, Jesus, we just honor you today. Jesus, we love you today. God, thank you for everything you've done. Jesus, you're magnificent, you're holy, you're righteous, and we are so thankful that you gave your life for us so that we could have a relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Why don't you high-five four people around you and tell them, hey, I'm really glad you came to church today. Really glad you came to church today. Then go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. I'm really glad you came to church. I'm really glad you came to church today. All right? All right. I know we did it a little bit earlier, but how, how them seats feeling for everybody in the room? All right? Here's what I'm going to tell you. I know they may be a little bit more comfortable, but I'm still going to need your help preaching today. Can you all handle that? Okay, we're going to shut the service down, start again. Here we go. I said, I said I'm going to need your help preaching today. Can everybody handle that even though you got some cushion on your cheeks, okay? All right? 
All right, good. So, so here's what we're going to do today. Again, it's Vision Sunday. What does this look like for us? Where does this look like we're going? What are we doing? We do Vision Sunday a couple times a year. And so for me, it's just a good time just to rally all the troops together to say, you know what? This is where we're headed. This is what the next season of our church is going to look like. We usually do it at the beginning of the year, just at our birthday, just saying, hey, yo, this is who we are. This is what we're going to be about. This is kind of what this next season looks like. And then all the time, we usually do it in the fall as well. Just right here after getting out of 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, getting into a season of, uh, I believe, of what harvest is coming, right? Not just in the natural. Come on, somebody, you know, we're going to have some corn and some, some beans and pray for our farmers, right? But at the same time, I believe that there are a, a, there's a spiritual harvest that happens a lot of times in the fall as well. And uh, I just think it's been incredible over the last eight months that we've seen 51 people give their life to Jesus since moving into this facility. Come on. I think God deserves some praise in this room for that. Right? 51 people who were lost, busted, broken, didn't have, didn't know what, they walk in a, into an old Save-A-Lot building and they walk out knowing Jesus. That is a big deal. And I just never want us to get tired of that. I never want us just to say, oh, 51 people, you know, that's good and all. But look, guess what? That is a big, stinking deal. And we're going to be a church that celebrates when people take their next step towards him. And so again, I just am so excited about today. But I'm going to start us all out kind of on the same page together. How many of us would say in the room, have you ever been disappointed with anything. Come on, wave at me if that's you. Yep, I, I think all of us have been disappointed. I think there's been times where we had like this expectation of, okay, we believe this is probably going to happen or it should happen this way, and then it doesn't live up to that expectation, right? I think that happens a lot. I, I, I had it happen, Allie and I did, just a few weeks ago. We went on a little date, a little, little Sunday afternoon day date. Come on, somebody. Like, it, was, it was quiet. I don't even know if we talked to each other. We just Our four kids weren't with us, and we were just like silent the whole time. But we were going to go grab some food, right? And uh, again, without kids screaming and all of that. So we drove to Paducah and uh, we went over there to uh, one of our favorite restaurants uh, in the whole world that, that used to be there and it kind of moved locations. And So we went back to this one place and we got up in there. And I don't know about y'all, I just love customer service, right? Just like a good, like first of all, I, I wouldn't even have to have all that. I could go to Chick-fil-A and I'm just as satisfied. Come on somebody, right? My pleasure. Like thank you for saying that, okay? Like I just love that. Uh, I love, uh, again, first impressions even here at the church. Like, I love our park team. Don't y'all love our park team, right? Don't you love our greet team? Don't you want to join it? Yes, you do, all right? So, like, uh, I just think, like, I love it so much. So when we walked into this restaurant, like, nobody spoke to us. Like, not, a, not it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was just thinking, oh, man, we're going to walk in. It's going to be great. Nobody. We've got a restaurant to ourselves. And uh, walk in. Not a person speaks to us. Little host dude right there was like, he didn't, he didn't ask no questions. Didn't say, okay, is it just two of y'all? You got anybody else coming? Hey, how y'all doing? Welcome to the restaurant. Uh, nothing like that, right? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm devastated right now. And so what happens is, like, he grabbed the menus and just started walking. I was like, am I supposed to, like, are we supposed to follow him? Like, what, what am I supposed to do right now? You know, like, I don't know. Okay, here we go. Like, we, we went with him, and, and I got to thinking about that. I had kind of this expectation of what uh, we thought was going to happen, but we wound up being a little bit disappointed, right? Wound up with a little bit of a disappointment. I think all of us have been there. I think all of us can agree that we've all been there in life, that there has been disappointment, there's been hurt, there's been some hardship, there's been some, uh, some times that somebody may have lied to you or whatever. And I think so many times uh, there, there's this one story about this guy that lived in New York City and he got disappointed and he was hurt and he jumps in a taxi cab 
And uh, the taxi cab driver, he said, where are you going? He said, I want to go someplace. Ain't nobody ever hurt me. Ain't nobody going to hurt me, disappoint me. Nobody will ever lie to me again, right? And the, the taxi cab driver, you know where he drove him? Straight to a graveyard. Because <laughs> you know why? That, that nobody in that area is going to ever disappoint you, lie to you, do anything like that. But how many of you know that to be alive is to deal with disappointment, right? To be alive is to deal with hardship. To be alive is to walk through difficulty from time to time. And I think about that because a lot of times we think, oh, if I could just come to church, right? if I can just give my life to Jesus, if I can just, man, walk in. If, if, and what we believe is that when that happens, that then we're excluded from all hardship altogether, right? That's a lot of times what we think. And again, I want to challenge us. We think that salvation is like sunshine and rainbows and nobody's hurt and nobody's sick and we ain't got our kids. They ain't acting like heathens, right? Like, like that's going to happen if I give my life to Jesus. There's going to be no, my, my spouse is never going to get on my nerves, right? Don't be elbowing nobody right now next to you, okay? Uh, like nothing, there's not ever going to be any work strain. Like I'm not going to have any drama at work with my boss or whatever. And guess what, y'all? That's what we think salvation is going to be like. But guess what? That is just not true. Right? It's just not true. And I think I want us to understand something. That salvation doesn't excuse me from hardship. Actually, it gives me grace and mercy to endure through the hardship. To endure through the hurt. To keep going even when it feels like we should give up. Now think about that. That's what the gospel is. Is that in the middle of the storm, you and I can look up and we think, you know what? We are not alone. That we serve a God that in the middle of the storm, He's the one that controls it all. Right? That's, that's what I'm trying to encourage you guys today. And I think that's what Peter's trying to encourage you and I and the people that he's writing to when he's writing to, to them in 1 Peter chapter 2. So what I want to kind of give you is some context. Peter's actually writing in the final years of his life. He's writing this letter to a group of believers and a group of churches who are under some pressure, who are under some disappointment to kind of fall in line with everything that's going on around them. So it's fall in line with culture. The Roman government is oppressing them, trying to stamp out this guy named Jesus, like don't ever talk about him. And here we have, excuse me, here we have Peter writing this letter to these people saying, hey, recognize, excuse me, the significance of what God has done on your behalf. Like he's reminding them, this new creation that you are, this new people that you are in Jesus, guess what? It's stronger than your background. It's stronger than the color of your skin. It's stronger than your upbringing or your politics or your preferences. And it places you into the family of God and gives you and I the power to carry out the purpose that God has put on the inside of us. That's what Peter's trying to get across. And just like on Vision Sunday, Peter's fired up. Right? He's fired up telling these guys. If you go back and read in 1 Peter, this book, what he's telling them, he uses words like this. I'm begging you. Right? I'm, I'm urging you. The King Jamie version, I call it the King Jimmy version, King J, KJV, says, I beseech you, brethren. Come on, somebody, right? Like, I, I bese- I'm, I'm, I'm imploring you. I'm begging you. Like, like you got to understand. you got to stir yourself up. you gotta, you got to be unified. you got to remember who God was. And again, I think all of that, he's trying to tell them, as followers of Jesus, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some persecution. You're going to go through some abandonment. You're going to go through some hardship. You're going to go through some cultural pressure. You're going to go through some disappointment. But Peter's encouraging you and I and the people at this time, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't back down just because culture says to back down. Keep going because I have a purpose for you. That's what Jesus was, or that's what Peter was saying. And I love how he starts as he's writing this to these people. And he says this in verse number four. He says, you are coming to Christ. 
who is the living cornerstone of God's people. And I love how he starts that off. You are coming to Christ. And I just believe on Vision Sunday, if we could uh, just ha- uh, have a word or even a word of the gospel, if it could be summed up into one word, it's this word of come. Like come. Like, like you can come. Whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever your past may look like, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdens, and guess what I will do? I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said, right? Relationship is about coming to Jesus. And I love that that's where where Peter starts. And he says, you are living stones who who is being built into a spiritual temple. I love this idea of you and I being living stones. Tap your neighbor. Say, you're living. You're living. Go ahead. I I was just trying to think of something fun right there to say, but you're living is the only thing that came out, okay? Like, you're living. You're living, right? You're a living stone. And this is what I think about. When Jesus was talking about the religious people in that time, what did Jesus say? Jesus called the people that were religious, that had it all together on the outside, that kind of had themselves cleaned up. He called them tombstones, didn't he? Right? You're whitewashed tombs. Like, like you, are, you, you look good on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. Right? That's what Jesus said. But I love how Paul is saying, hey, if you're a true believer in Jesus, guess what? If you're a true believer, you're not a tombstone. You are a living stone. Right, that's what you and I are. And again, I think there's a difference. What's the difference between life and death? That tombstone and living stone, what is it? I believe it's this word right here, come. Come to me, Jesus is saying. It's not about cleaning yourself up. No, no, no. That's what religion says for you and I to do. Clean yourself up, then you can come. Jesus says, no, no, no. Come to me, I'll clean all that up, right? And if I could sum it up in one thing that I'm going to encourage all of us as a church to just embody is this idea that people are heart, that whoever, whosoever may will, that old song may come, right? doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. You are welcome in this place, and you're welcome to a relationship with Jesus. I love that. He said, we're living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. Let me ask this question real quick. Anybody ever watch something being built? Y'all ever seen that? Come on, wave at me like I'm not crazy up here. All right, we cool. We were, all right. You've seen it. We all see it. We drive by construction all the time. We are living extremely close to some construction happening right now. And I'll, I'll just tell you guys, like, like when construction is going on, when something is being built, there's a lot of trucks. There's a lot of loud noises. There's a lot of shutting and banging and moving and beeping and sparks and wood being cut and rebar being bent and walls being constructed and built up and bricks getting placed. And I think about that, and I think about my life and your life, and this is what I know about us, is that a lot of times we, 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 we don't love the building process. We don't love the process that's behind that. And again, what happens is I want the beauty of a mansion without the mess of the hard work. Right? I, I'm willing to say, you know, I want that. I, I want what that church has, or what, as if, if I was comparing myself. I want what that guy has or that pastor has, but sometimes that's going to take some hard work, and it's going to be messy. And here's the thing, you and I can't get one without the other. See, the bigger the building, I feel like the bigger the mess, right? But, but again, you, you have grace for the mess when you know what the blueprint is. 
Right? Because you know what the end goal is. You know the vision that's out in front of us is better than what's behind us, right? Or what's right in front of us. And I think that's so important for a lot of us as we're talking about the church and talking about Purpose Church in general. I want you guys to understand something really quick. That the Bible, God's Word, is our blueprint. That this right here, the Word of God, is the thing that is going to be the vision of telling us where we're heading and what we're doing. And again, as long as there are lost people out there that know nothing about Jesus, we will do whatever it takes to take this vision and see it fulfilled in the end of the earth, right? That's our job. That's our goal. And and I think about that. Again, we want the mention without the mess. And I got to thinking, you know what doesn't have any conflict? You know what doesn't have any difficulty? You know what doesn't have any hardships? Dead things, right? A lot like that graveyard, right? So, so you're in a marriage, you feel like there's some difficulty, guess what? I believe your marriage can be, it's alive, and there are two of you, guess what? You're alive, there's going to be some sparks that fly. Come on, somebody, right? There's going to be some things that happen, because why? You are alive, and friction is the byproduct of anything that is alive that hit up next to each other. And the question is this, as a church, as we're being built on top of each other, the loudness, the banging, the clanging, the, the chipping off of certain things that are going on. My thing is this, is this idea. It's not whether or not we're going to have conflict. It's not whether or not we're going to have some difficulty. The question is how are we going to keep our peace, our joy, our unity, and our vision while moving through conflict? That's the real question. And so I'm going to challenge all of us today. What happens and what is yours and my response when the sharp edge of somebody else's life is being built right next to us and it hits us, right? When, there, when there's a little, little clanging going on beside us, right? When we're, we're, we're doing life with each other and God is building us living stones on top of the cornerstone that is Jesus, what is my response going to be when my stone hits somebody else's next to me, right? I think about what the Bible tells us in Proverbs 27. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. Right now, I want to challenge some of us. The iron, when it's sharpening, only experiences that benefit if it stays in the process of developing even when it gets tough. So I'm going to challenge some of us in the room. Like a natural house, I want you to understand, this church is not going to be built overnight. A spiritual house is not going to be built overnight. But what it does is it requires the preparation of people with all different kinds of skills in order to receive the finished product or get to the finished product. That is what the blueprint has to say. Now look at these rocks right here on this stage, right? Went to LMD. Shout out to the LMD boys there yesterday. And I like these rocks. And I got to thinking about these stones up here. If you look at these stones, like you'll understand that all of these stones are different sizes, right? They're all different shapes. Some of them are different colors, right? Some of them have different edges. Like this edge is different than this. This shape is a little different. And I think about all of that. But as I look at these stones, I'm reminded that's the exact same way our church is built. That's the exact same thing that we're experiencing right now when it comes to the building of the local church. And I want to challenge all of us in the room that you and I have a decision to make. Because a lot of us, and I'm so guilty of it so many times in my own life, that I can look at my rock and I can say, oh, look how pretty my rock is. Come on, somebody, right? You ever been there? You ever kind of look at yourself and say, oh, oh, this my, my rock's got it together. Like, I'm all good. Oh, my rock, my edges is down. Oh, I'm looking good. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm looking, I'm looking great. My rock is so good. And we can get so enamored with the uniqueness of our rock that we actually miss out on the whole process of what God is trying to build. 
And I'm trying to challenge us. Vision Sunday 2022, listen to me. Like you and I, can we recognize that for you and I, what we need to know is that we sometimes miss the process of what God is building or we can begin to recognize, you know what? God has sent me here to Murray, Kentucky on purpose for such a time as this and I am a living stone that God is building together. Is there anybody thankful for that? Can we give him a big shout of praise? And the fact is I can get a breath. Y'all, the process of building is loud, right? It's loud. There, there, there's moving stones. There's things happening, and you're, you're hitting it, and you gotta, you got to kind of move it around and kind of flip it three or four times to get it to fit right into the right spot. And what begins to happen is there's some assembly required, right? There's some assembly that has to take place. And again, the church is the same way, that we are living stones being built into a holy priesthood. I look across this room, look to your right and to your left. I want you to understand as you look, look behind you. Go ahead, look behind you. Make real awkward eye contact with somebody right now. Go ahead. Look behind you. Look beside you. As you do that, I want you to understand something really quick. That every single person that you just looked at looks very different from you, even if you're twins. Okay, like, like it's very different from you. Like, it's very different from you. There's different generations. There's different cultures. There's different countries represented in this room. There's different ethnicities represented in this room. There's different backgrounds. There's different church backgrounds. There's different upbringings, family dynamics, different walks of life, different skill sets, different socioeconomic statuses, spiritual gifts are even different all across this room. But what I know is that he has sent all of us on assignment with divine purpose to discover how each of our pieces fit into this puzzle that God is trying to build and he is trying to construct because I really do believe that God is still the carpenter of heaven who is building spiritual houses using spiritual people and we are the living stones of God that he is using by his spirit to form a house not so that we can get glory but so that his name can be glorified that's why we're being built together that's why we're doing it so I'm going to challenge you you really quick you got to understand this a singular stone does not make a house one stone does not make a foundation an individual Christian does not make a church it's when we are built together that we become a spiritual temple for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords I want you to write this down you are not the church alone we are the church together that's the vision I had. You know what society is telling us to do is to divide and deconstruct. But you know what the gospel tells us to do? To unite and to be together under one name, that is Jesus. And I'm just going to challenge all of us. You and I are not a, the church alone. We are the church together. We're stronger together, better together, wiser together. And God knew your exact shape, size, uh, and, and color, and edges when he sent you to this church. And I just believe that it's time to continue to build because the best days are still ahead of us. They are not behind us. We're not looking in the rearview mirror saying, oh my goodness, that was great back then. Yes, it was great back then, but God has called us to so much more out in front of us. And it is going to be accomplished when we do it together. When we do it together. So my challenge for us is this. Listen to me. Christianity is an individual decision, but it's a team sport. Right? Does that make sense? It means yes in Kentucky. Come on. All right. 
Hey, it's an individual decision between you and Jesus. But I want you to know that it is a team sport that we do together. That you are not meant to do this life alone. That's why crews are so important for you this fall. Get in a crew. Listen to me. Look at me. Get in a crew this fall. Please. If you do, if you do anything this fall, get into a crew. For three months, as Kyle was saying just a few minutes ago, September, October, November, every other week I'm asking you, will you commit to it and will you do it? Because we are not the church alone. We were never meant to do it alone. We're meant to do it together. So I'm going to challenge all of us in this room. Can you imagine if 600 plus people gathered up in crews and said, you know what? I'm here for you. I'm helping keep accountable. I'm helping just chisel away on some of those edges that are a little rough. And man, you could chisel away on some of mine. And man, we can look at God's word and see what God's way. We're going to have a blast. And if we will do all of that, just watch out, Murray and Callaway County, because there will be a church that is on fire, unified, going out into our community and making a difference. I don't know about you. That's the vision I want in front of us. That's what I see God doing in us. So again, get back to my message. Here we go. All right, here we go. That Peter tells us the purpose of why we're being built, you know what the purpose is? It's so that we can offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. See, I know this in my own life is that we have made church all about us, right? Again, it's no, no coincidence that we're sitting on padded chairs today. Come on, somebody. I love them. I'm so thankful. But let me encourage you really quick that we were not made to be comfortable. That we were not created to be comfortable sitting in our church pews on a Sunday, but that we were called to go out and do whatever it takes to take Jesus to a lost and dying world. And I want to challenge you. Our church exists so we can connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose. Our church exists to offer spiritual sacrifices, to do things that would honor God. Our lives would be a spiritual sacrifice before God. This is the idea is that this church, our church, any church has never been about me and you. It's never been about us. It's never going to be about us. It has always been about Jesus. And that is the best news that there could ever have been. And I'm telling you that one of the best things that we can do is that you and I can experience in this church is that tension, that tension of growth, that spark of development, that challenge of building. And God, I believe in his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his brilliance have a blueprint for your life that he is weaving together alongside of a couple hundred other that will eventually be a couple thousand others and again sometimes some sparks are going to fly sometimes there's going to be some development things along the way but there is no other place for a Christ follower to be but within the living temple of God and that is why what we are trying to build here in Murray Kentucky and if anybody's with us if anybody's standing there saying you know what let's do it together can we give Jesus a big old shout of praise right now I want you to know that. Again, I want us to know that, that according to Peter, he even tells us, you know, some people have rejected him. Some people, like the stuff that he's asking them, making them stumble. But watch what he says to us. You are not like that. It's not who you were or who you are. You may have been that way, but that's not who you are. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. We're not saved for ourselves. We're saved so that we can point back to a God that saved us even in the middle of our mess. 
The goal of our church is not to bring glory to Purpose Church's name. Hear me say that loud and clear. There is only one name. His name is Jesus, and that's why we exist. That's what we exist to do. That's what our services on Sunday exist to do, is that you would know Jesus. And I want you to know that you, for he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, but now you are God's people. Once you had received no mercy, but now you have received God. God's mercy. Hear me out. You were created for this. You were chosen for this. You were created for this moment in history. You could have been born in any other generation, but God saw it fit to put you right here in Murray, Kentucky, so that you can be built alongside some other people that are going to give him some incredible glory. God knew what we needed in this area, so he sent you. God, God knew what he needed in this community, so he equipped you. God knew before you were born the purpose that you were called to fulfill. And again, if you believe that you're an accident, you will live your entire life without purpose. And I just came to tell somebody, you have a purpose, that God has a plan, and he wants to use you to make much of him. He wants to use your life to make much of King Jesus. I love that so much. Again, you're not what the internet says about you. You're not what your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend says about you. You are not what the people in the community say about you. You are not what culture says about you. But because of Jesus, you and I are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession, and that's who we will call, be called to be. I think about this idea, this idea of priests, and I'm, I'm laying in a plane now. This idea of priests, priests in the Older Testament were marked people. They were different. They stood out. They didn't try to blend in. They understood that they were purposed to stand out. And they were obsessed with living a life that honored God. That's what priests were, were, were all about in the Older Testament. And what people is, or Peter is saying to you and I is he's saying that the same way that Hebrews had priests that had access to God, all of us who call on the name of Jesus have access because he has given us his spirit on the inside of us and you are his temple and you and I have become his mouthpiece. You and I have begun to speak on his behalf. See, what I want you to understand is that we are not just a 501c3 that started in 2019, met in a middle school for three years and like just renovated a Save-A-Lot building. No, we are are a holy priesthood, a holy nation that is growing, expanding, building, and as long as we have friends, family, co-workers, teammates, classmates, teachers, peers who do not know about the love of Jesus Christ, then we are going to be people that do whatever it takes to connect people to him and let them live on purpose. I believe that with all of my heart. And I want to do it with you. Like, let's do this thing together. Let's watch God do something beyond anything that we could ever construct or build ourselves because we're building ultimately on the thing that is going to be here today, tomorrow, and forever, and that's Jesus. He tells you and I that we're his very own possession. Let me remind you, maybe you don't know Jesus yet, but he paid a price for you. Maybe you do know Jesus, or you need to be reminded of your value, that you were bought with the price that you have life and I have life, not death, because of his punishment on the cross. I've been made free, and because of what Jesus has done, like we celebrate that we get a chance to serve Jesus with our whole life. And I'm asking you today, will you give your entire life to Jesus? Will you give your life to Jesus and hold nothing back, make church a priority? 
Make your time, talent, and treasure your priority to advance the kingdom of God into a lost and dying world. Join a crew. Choose some growth. Go to next. Discover your purpose. Serve on a team. Let's make a difference and invest your life in an imperfect church led by some imperfect people because we worship a perfect king named Jesus. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. So Vision Sunday, we ain't got a building on the horizon, but I believe that God is building something that we cannot see. And I'm asking you to join in on that. I'm asking you to say, you know what? Yes, let's go out there and let's make a difference for God. We're going to be a church that's loud about the name of Jesus. That's what we're going to be about. And Luke 19 verse 40 says this, Jesus is speaking again. We're going to be a church that's loud about that name. We're going to be a church that's loud about the name of Jesus. Now think about this time as Jesus is, is coming into the city where he's about to go to his death on the cross. And what begins to happen is all these people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, right? And what begins to happen, the crowd controlled people are like, yo, 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 won't you keep it down? Won't you not say anything about Jesus? Won't you just not, won't you keep quiet? And Jesus looks at him, and guess what he says? Jesus says in Luke 19, 40, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road, guess what they do? They burst into cheers. And this is what I know. There is not a stone on this side of the Mississippi who's going to take our place as long as I'm the pastor of this church. Because listen to me, ain't no stone going to take our place in praising God louder than what our lives, our church, our crews, our teams, this worship team is going to do whatever it takes to lift up and honor the name of Jesus. Ain't no stone going to take our spot. Paul even uses the same language. He says it like this. So now you are Gentiles. You're no longer strangers and foreigners. No, no, no. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Watch what he says. Together. Somebody say together. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And watch this. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. And we are carefully joined together, the Bible says, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. I love that Jesus is the cornerstone. Now think about this idea of a cornerstone. Listen, we don't use that in building terms now. But back in the day when they would build using a cornerstone, the cornerstone, once it was finally set, it was the very thing that determined every other measurement throughout the rest of the building project. Everything was aligned to it. The stability depended on it, and without the cornerstone, there was no hope for the building to be standing for the next generation. But my question is, what does that mean for us today? That means as the cornerstone of the building of the church, Jesus Christ is our standard. That Jesus Christ is our measurement and alignment. That he is the foundation of this church. Not what culture tells us. Not what politics tell us. Not what the popularity contest on social media tells us. Not because we're trying to outperform some of the folks down the street. No, Jesus Christ is the measurement of alignment today. And when culture replaces the corner of the stone, guess what? We're in trouble when it comes to the church. We are building the only on the only foundation that we have ever known. That is Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 tells us that there is no salvation in anybody else, but that God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And so here at Purpose Church, guess what? We're going to be loud about the name. We're going to do whatever we can to point to the name of Jesus because you know why? There is no other name. There is no other name under heaven and earth that declares and deserves all of our praise.
to me. It might get loud around Purpose Church. You know why? Because that's the name. It deserves all of our praise, all of our honor, and all of our glory. You know why? I remember who I was before him. And I remember what he did. We will stop at nothing to see that happen in Murray and Callaway County and beyond. I believe it with all of my heart. It's going to take us linking up together. But today, there's some of you, you just need to call on the name of Jesus for salvation today. You need to call on him to say, you know what, I need you to save me. Much like a lot of people in this room have given their life to Jesus. Here's my thing for you, is that we've all messed up. And we've all been broken and busted. I mean, I remember what that was like. I remember, I remember it, and I remember how good His grace is. It says no matter what you've done, how long you've been there, how long you've camped out, maybe you've got the t-shirt. I don't know, right? But He says, hey, if you'll come to me, my burden is easy. My, my, my burden is light. That this, this thing that you've been trying to carry on your own, I'll take it from you. And that's, what the, the, that's why the gospel is so incredible. That's why Jesus going to the cross is so incredible. And he was willing to die in my spot. The Bible tells us that our sin separates us from God. It doesn't just make us bad people. It doesn't just make us make some bad decisions from time to time. No, our sin separates us from God. There's nothing that I can do to earn it. Nothing that I can do to make it better. But Jesus was willing to go to the cross and die in my spot. I want you to know we are going to be loud and unapologetic about that name. We're going to be loud and unapologetic about what Jesus has done. Because I remember who he was and I remember who I was before him. And man, let's just, if you're in this place and you've been trying to carry that for so long, I'm asking today, would you give that to Jesus? Today, would you give your life to Jesus? The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So every week, I'll lead you through a prayer, right? It happens just about every week. Why do I have our church go through a prayer? You know what that is? That's confession. That's you saying, hey, I got to have a relationship with you. I've tried everything else. I ask you to forgive me. That's confession. That's confessing with your mouth. That Jesus is Lord. But I want you to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. As you're speaking those words, don't just say words. But you got to believe that God raised him from the dead. That's why we give an invitation every week. That's why I lead you through a prayer every week. Your friends that come here want to know Jesus. We're going we're to give them, the, hey, say this, but I want you to mean it. And I want you to confess to God. And so maybe you're here today and you need to ask Jesus to save you, come in your life, change you. Here's a mask all across the room. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? would you just begin to say, you know what, look at your own life right now. Maybe for you, you've never asked Jesus to come in your life and save you. I mean, listen, it would be such an honor to walk you through what that looks like. Again, we're all sinners. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came and he paid for our sin. And if you will put your trust in him, you will be saved. So maybe you're here you need to give your life to him today would you say something like this doesn't have to be word for word but I want you to mean it in your heart say something like this dear Jesus I ask you to come in my life and save me I've tried to do it on my own I've tried to I've tried to to make a way myself 
but I couldn't do it and I can't do it. And I invite you to come in my life and change me. Forgive me of my sins. I trust in you. I trust that you went to the cross and to the grave and you got out of the grave and I give you my full trust today. I give you my life, everything. It's all yours. My desires, my motives, my heart, my hands, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my my feet. God, I give it all over to you. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for doing that today, Jesus. Maybe that's you in this room and you prayed that or prayed something like it. It doesn't have to be word for word, but may you just confess in your heart that God, that you need him to forgive you and to save you and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Listen to me. I am so proud of you for recognizing and making a decision to say yes to that name today. There is no name like Jesus. There's no other name that by, we are, by, by which we are saved. And I am so proud of you. We're so stinking excited for you. And we want to see God continue to use you in an unbelievable way. Today is not the ending of like your life. It's just the beginning. So we know that, that, you know what, we say it, and we said it from the very beginning of our church. We had not said it in a long time, but there's two of the most important days in your life. The day that you were born and the day that you were born again. And you realize why you were born. That there's this purpose on the inside of you. And now you have an ability to say, you know what, thank you, Jesus, for the relationship. Now help me walk the rest of my life following after you and get, you know, just doing everything I can to win as many people to Jesus as possible. And we want to be right there with you. So I'm going to ask you if that's you and you prayed to receive Jesus today, would you let somebody know? We've got an incredible team of people up here on my right, your left, that would love to be able to know that that decision that you made at the end of service, man, come find one of them. They're incredible. Our, our, our care and prayer team, we just love them so much. And that's one way that you can let us know. Another way that you can let us know is actually by texting the word PURPOSE to the number 270-229-6488. That lets us know, and we would be honored to be able to follow up with you. We're so proud of you. Can't wait to see how Jesus continues to use you. We're going to celebrate today because there is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to Jesus. So can we celebrate Purpose Church? People crossing over from death to life. People making a decision to say yes to that relationship. That's such good news. That's why we do what we do, right? That's why we have church. Spiritual sacrifices unto God. I'm so thankful for that. To connect people to Jesus. Help them live on purpose. Once you high five your neighbor say, I'm so glad you were here today. So glad you were here today. Man, I love, I love you guys so much. Really quickly. And not really quickly, I just want to take a second. Again, Vision Sunday is always fun because I love just saying, hey, here, hey, we just getting started. But I want, to, I want to also just remember all that God has done. In the last three and a half years, man, what God has done, I am just so flabbergasted. That's a good word, right? I just at what he has done. And uh, y'all, unschooled, un- ordinary people like me. That God, is, that, that God is using all of us together to go out there and make a difference for Him. I'm so thankful for you through your generosity, through your time, through your talent, through your treasure, whatever it might be. Man, I'm so thankful for that. And uh, I'm just going to ask our usher team. This is a time in our service where we do get to give financially. Uh, just We get to return back to God what He's given to us. So our usher team is going to begin to come forward. Uh, you, they're going to they're gonna start passing those after I pray. And uh, I'll talk to you about that and just say, God, we love you. We honor you. 
We thank you for today. We give freely back to you because you freely gave to us. We're returning it back to you. We're not, it's not even ours to begin with. And so today, we just declare as we're getting and putting you first in our finances that you are Lord of our life, that you are Lord of everything. And God, we trust you more with, with the 10% that we're giving and, and, and offering above that than we would with any of our 100% ourselves. And so God, we love you so much. We're so thankful that we get a chance to do this. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. As they're passing those, don't go anywhere just yet. I got a couple announcements, but those are the offering containers uh, that you can give in that way. Allie and I actually give online, so if you're passing that, when you get to an end, just kind of, you know, make a, make a, we're going to build the church together, right? So we pass the offering containers together. Uh, but man, I'm just so thankful for you, your generosity, and I just believe that God is, is building something special right in the middle of Murray and Callaway County, and it's because of the faithfulness of people like you who say, you know what, we're going to sow a seed, we're going to continue to give every week or every month towards the vision that God has given us as a church, and I'm just, I, I really want you to understand, and look at me really quick, I really want you to understand how, how humbling that is for me. I, I don't know if I've told you late, but I really love you guys a whole bunch, and Allie and I, we pray for you often. And, uh, man, I want you to know that I just, I, I'm just so thankful to do this alongside of you. And uh, like I said, Allie and I, we give online. That's our easier way for us to give. You can give by text. You can give online. Whatever it is, just thank you for believing in the vision God has put on the inside of this house to go out and make a difference for Jesus. I can't wait to do that with you one way over the next couple weeks. I believe we're going to be able to make a difference is the fact that we're doing a series coming up all in September, which you need to be here every single week all through September. And just tell everybody that you know to come because we are doing a series called What If. Everybody shout, What If. Yeah, so this series called What If, I, I want to let you know, it is one of those series I believe that a lot of people have been asking, but the church as a whole has been very quiet about. And we're going to be a church that just handles this with truth and grace. We're going to handle it with what the Bible says, how, how, how to handle that, how to talk through that, how to walk through that. I'll give you kind of an idea of what's going to be talked about over the next couple weeks. It's this idea of questions that, that culture asks, or even we ask, some questions that we have for God, like, okay... These are questions that some of you are asking. And I just want to just, just tell you that Jesus loves you so much. And he cares about you. And we just believe that this series is going to be one of those that catapults us into the fall. That so many people who are asking questions are, are going to come and be a part. And we, Hey, just invite everybody that you know to be a part. A couple of those are this. Uh, I want to kill myself. What if I want to kill myself? What, what if I'm addicted to pornography? What if I have a, a, I'm attracted to the same sex? And what if I've had an abortion? And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to look at the truth of God's word with truth and grace. And I cannot wait for it. I believe there's going to be healing that takes place. I believe there's going to be some freedom that happens. I believe that there's going to be a church that, again, is saying, you know what? We're not going to run from the hard conversations, but we're going to everybody take a deep breath. Let's go ahead. Come on together. And we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it together. Let's see what God's word has to say. So I would just encourage you, do whatever you can to bring people with you all month long. And uh, I would encourage you not to necessarily like say, oh, you need to be here this week. And then that's the title. Just tell them to come all month long. Okay. Like it would be kind of uncomfortable a little bit for that. And then uh, I want to tell you about something really quick. Uh, these cards uh, we have available for you. I want us to, a vision for us again is I want to see lost people saved, connected to Jesus. That's the vision and heart of this church. And so I want you to grab one of these cards. A Church of the Highlands, uh, a church that we love and honor so much, made up some cards and we kind of took it and adapted it for us. And uh, these are cards that have just some scripture on the front and on the back. It's got a spot for five names for you to write down. And I want you to think of five friends that you know that do not know Jesus. 
And I want you to write their names down. I want you to carry this in your car, in your wallet, whatever, every day. And I want you to just begin to pray these scriptures over them today. Because again, I believe this fall we're going to see some harvest happen. I believe that some of these names that you're going to write down on this, on this little card right here are going to meet Jesus. So let's just do that together. They're actually going to be out at the Connect Corner on your way out. If you want to stop by, grab one of those. I would love, love, love for us to just, again, focus on the fact that Jesus cares about the lost and he wants to save them. Let's be a church that prays for that and just sees that come into fruition. I believe it's going to happen this year, this fall. It's going to be great. I love you. I hope you have the best week of your life. Let me pray a blessing over you for you week. God, we thank you so much for today. I pray you bless my friends, that you keep them, that you turn your face towards them, you shine your favor upon them, and that this week, Jesus, you would give them peace. In Jesus' name that we pray and everybody said, amen. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.